the paper cups inside the plastic cups. Welcome to Plastic Cups Inside Paper Cups Inside Plastic Cups. I'm Dennis Wilson, and this is... Omar Rabadi. How's it going, Omar? Have you done your taxes? I have not. They pushed it back two months or three months, and I had it all ready to go. That's the funny thing. I actually did everything, but I just got lazy with the send-in part because of the delay. Yeah, we did our, we did our taxes, actually. Um, I probably... I would have put them off, but this is the first time we uh, jointly filed because um, we're married. And so Bo took care of that weeks ago um, and we got a refund and she didn't, I didn't even know. I was like, oh, we got to submit our taxes. She's like, we already got a refund. Oh, okay. so you're get, you'll be getting all sorts of checks. You'll be getting your refund, getting stimulus check with, I guess, Trump's name is going to be on it. So also, what are you going to buy with all this extra money? Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to tuck it away and see, <laughs> see uh, what kind of uh, valuable precious metal is, uh, is, is, uh, is the best thing to buy in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the rational thing to do, but it's the thing that is really bad for the economy overall because even people oh, yeah. who haven't lost their jobs are like, ah, I'm going to save. Who knows what might happen? And I'm doing the same thing, like, like you know just a nervousness but it's sort of a, what they call a prisoner's dilemma in economic politics like uh, what's rational for the individual to do kind of bad for the society as a whole but i don't know hmm. a way out of it well yeah i can't say that i, I don't know that's not really what i was going to do i mean we we were thinking about buying a house earlier and, and we're putting off that more so because the logistics of seeing houses is pretty difficult right now um and maybe selling our condo would be difficult, but I, you know, I, I, I've still been buying some, um, expendable income type of things about a no, new audio interface for recording music. So I'm still, I'm still trying to stimulate the economy a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm spending a little bit here and there, but yeah, I hear you. So, uh, today's what day 30 of the lockdown. That sounds about day, right. Day, day 30. We, it's a good we even number. Count, yeah, we always count on your count. Um, and the date is April 15th. Yep, April 15th. And, you know, still on lockdown, but we're still able to do a podcast. So that's pretty cool. This was 1918 and we were on lockdown. I don't know. You couldn't do too much. Hopefully, like you had some books. Yeah, I, th- I think that was like, are yeah basically they're always on lockdown because it'd be like i don't know we were talking 18 if we're talking what year 1918 or 1818 1818 they were like oh it's dark out we got to go to sleep we can't even read a book unless we have a candle so that is all relative i think yeah but we definitely want to be doing a podcast that's for sure um but thanks to the uh the the advanced technologies of skype um we are able to do a podcast and one of our mailbag questions was, why do we use Skype when everybody else is is using Zoom? And Omar, you have to answer this because you're the one that set us up on Skype. Well, Skype was already installed on my computer, and I had used it two days earlier. 
it seemed to work fine. And I think there's okay. less limitations with Skype. I think Zoom eventually gets into like a tiered category type thing. So I don't know. Was there any other reasons you started using Skype? I remember at one point we talked about exploring other podcast software, but we never really got around to that. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's a testament to, I thought it was maybe just because, like, when everybody zigs, you zag. But it's just basically that a testament to how valuable the resource or the, the real estate is on on a, a smartphone with the built, like, whatever apps come installed or is, you know, basically what people use. But no, I, I mean, that it, it's fine. It, it seems to work fine. So whatever, you know, it's working. So I'm good with it. Cross that cool. one off the list. Want to start things off with a couple mailbag questions? Uh, uh, yeah, let's let's hit it. All right, so we got one question. Someone really wants to buy some plastic cups. It's like paper cups merchandise. Wants to know if we're going to have any mugs, hat shirt, t-shirts, masks, etc. Yeah, well, I think that we... We did talk about jokingly about doing some plastic cups inside paper cups inside plastic cups, but we also got some feedback that we guys we're you know we gotta do what's right for the environment. Yeah. So I don't know if that's, but you know we want to just make more plastic to float in the ocean. Um, I did have an idea for a t-shirt. I can't recall if I told you about this, and I I hope that whoever's listening makes us this t-shirt and just doesn't steal it and make it for themselves. But I just thought a t-shirt that said asterisk 2020 would be a cool t-shirt because basically everything in the history book in the future or history books in the future will just refer to 2020, whether it's sports or economics or unemployment, or whatever, it's going to be an asterisk next to it because it's like, everything is going to be like askew. So that's my, that's my idea for a t-shirt. I like it. I like it. All right. Another, somebody make that. Yeah. Another question. This one is from Pete Ambrosia. Uh, he wants to know what is the name of the theme song. Yeah, the name of the theme song. We I think we cover this in podcast uh, episode two, uh, but it is it's just a thought by Credence Clearwater Revival off their album Pendulum in 1970. Um, it, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a cool song. I don't think I knew it before you chose it as our theme song because it's not one of the like the CCR hits, but it's a cool song and. Yeah, has pendulum, to do with has to do with doing a podcast in a way. So. Well, yeah, a pendulum is like kind of like a little like way more low key and kind of like a a come down album compared to the other stuff, is which is like just like you know stomping through the bayou rock and roll top you know top ten sixties rock. Um, but yeah, the idea was like got a cool intro that doesn't have any lyrics in the beginning, so it, it's just like sets the mood and then. You know, it's just a thought. It's like, yeah, we're just, we're just uh, throwing our thoughts out there. So, boom. Yeah, all all bands need a good come down album. All yeah. great bands need a good come down album. And this question is from. Hope I'm pronouncing this right. Jensen of Fontana wants to know who would win in an arm wrestling match between you and me. So before before we give our answer, let's do a little tale of the tape. Tale of what? Tale of the tape. I don't know. Sort what of that means. like in boxing when 
they'll show like the stats about the two fighters. Oh, yeah, okay. I didn't know that was a term. I believe so. I believe so. How how tall are you? Uh, six foot. Six foot. All right. So you got me by about two inches. I'm five ten. Mm-hmm. What is your wingspan? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I feel like I measured it not too long ago for some reason. Like we were talking about, I've gotten more into basketball and realized yeah. how important wingspan is. Wingspan I've always prided myself. Basketball. Yeah, and I, I think I have quite a, a large wingspan. And I will, I'll ask my uh, wife to measure me after after the podcast. But I don't. But I don't do you know remember? My, do you know remember if it was six foot or was it more than that? Because for most I have people, no idea. for most people, it's the same as their height. Uh huh. But for others, especially like people who end up being pro basketball players, it'll it might be six or seven inches more. I don't remember at all. Um, getting more and more curious by the minute. Um, but I've always prided myself in my um, Scotty Pippen and Latrell Sprewell approach to the game. So. I would like to hope that I have a long uh, wingspan, but I, that's yeah. I don't have I don't have any evidence to suggest what it is. Do you know your wingspan? Five ten, same as my height. Okay. Yeah. Do you want me to go measure it right now? Do you have a tape measure close by? Yeah, I, I have a tape, but I can do it fairly quickly, and I can, I can, um, I'm gonna walk over to the the room where we keep the tape measure. You might get a little background noise, and I have to cut it out, but I'll. I'll Grab the tape measure and, and we'll see. Perfect. Just Perfect. just how I step up and here. So. While you're walking, how much how much do you weigh? Um, I weigh um about one seventy eight. What about you? Uh, a couple. I think about that. Maybe a little bit more. I think I'm like one eighty. Are you? Oh, do you got the tape measure? Yeah, I got the tape measure. Right. So it's gonna be. I think I got. Yep, there we go. That was actually relatively easy. So, um, I am. Let's see. Boom, boom. Oh yeah, I'm about just under six foot. It's almost exactly my height. Yeah, that makes sense. For most people, it's their height. Yeah, man. I thought it was gonna be. Yeah. Impressive. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Have you? Have you been? What was yours? Wait. What was? What was your your wingspan? Five ten. And that's your height. Yeah, that's my height. Have you been a regular gym goer? Like, have you been building muscle during your life? Um, Taking protein not a gym, not a, No, not a, I've never been somebody who built muscle mass, but um, I've been pretty active my whole life, and um, especially in the last five years, a pretty regular jogger, um, Try to work on some core strength stuff, push-ups, occasionally some sit-ups, and have a pull-up bar that I occasionally hit. So um, I wouldn't say I have a lot of muscle mass, but generally pretty good upper body strength. And I actually have worked on the pull-up since um, our guest from last episode, Emma Max, uh, bet me how many pull-ups I could do, and I realized I couldn't do any at all. <laughs> but I used to be able to do 20 when I was younger, so I got the pull-up bar a couple of years ago and have started doing it. So I can do about five pull-ups. All right. So I think you have me beat in that dimension. You've been, you've definitely done a lot more exercising than I have. I, I'm not sure how many pull-ups I could do. I can remember in like middle school and high school, not being able to do any, if I recall, but 
Maybe I could do one. I don't know. So what, what else do you think is relevant to who would win an arm wrestling match? Have you ever, I mean, arm have you ever practiced or trained in arm wrestling? I've never trained in arm wrestling, but I've, you know, I've arm wrestled people. I used to arm wrestle, used to go to the standard tap here in Philly, and sometimes we'd close out the night <laughs> after the last call with just a, a little arm wrestling, but I have arm wrestling. I don't think anything matters about your height, um, your core, and your, your upper body, like arm and shoulder strength, I would assume is like the most important thing. So, um, you know. I've always been good at climbing trees and whatnot, so I feel like mm. that's been helpful. Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe after there's a vaccine, we can figure this out. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess right now we can't <laughs> test this out, yeah. but we can put it out there. Well, I'm going to vote. I'm, I'm voting for myself. I don't know who you're voting for. <laughs> But I believe I can beat you. We're uh, willing to take some bets and put some put this into some sort of. Um, I don't know, some sort of pool escrow. and we'll, we'll, yeah, escrow and we'll, we'll donate the proceeds to charity, of course. Um, and then once we can, you know, it'll be a sign of the times, um, when we can get together and arm wrestle finally. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, any other, no, I think that's it for the, the mailbag stuff, right? Well, oh, I wanted to, oh, you got one? Yeah, there's one more. Harry Bola wrote in, can you both do your best Hulk Hogan impersonation? Um, I guess... Should I go... I can, can I? Yeah, I guess I can. Do I want to? I, maybe I'll be inspired by what you got, so go ahead. All right, I'll, I guess I'll go first. Listen, brother. Me and all my Hulkamaniacs are going to run wild in the Thunderdome. Ted DiBiase. You think you could fix this match? Pay off the refs? Have the giant on your side? No, brother. I've been taking my vitamins, saying my prayers, and I'm ready for the main event. You hear that, Mean Gene? Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so I had to, I had to put, pick up some of the lexicon as you went through that because it's been a, um, uh, it's been a little while since I thought about the Hulkster. Um, all right, all right, all right, I want all you people out here to listen to me. I got all these Hulkamaniacs out there. There's one in Missouri, one in Chicago. They're all over this country. When do I come back at you? I want you to know I'm going to run wild on you. Me, Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was good. Except the oh, yeah, is the macho man, not Hulk Oh, I think Same. I was doing Macho Man. <laughs> I was, I think it was thinking Hulkamania, but I was thinking, oh yeah, that was like that was Macho Man. R.I.P. R.I.P. Did you did you watch pro professional wrestling growing up? Uh, I definitely emphasize. I would say on growing up, um, just like we talked about basketball last episode, one before. Very, you know, very limited time, but it was, you know, the, the heyday, I would say, the WWF, uh, when it was like Saturday morning, like it was, I think, Saturday mornings, you know, it was like, it was Randy Machimon Savage, uh, Coco Beware, Jake the Snake Roberts, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the classic era, or at least, in, you know, for, for, I guess, 
people, kids grow, growing up in the 80s. So watched it then, but, you know, I don't think after like nine or 10, hoping that you're the same. <laughs> I, I kept watching a little bit after that, probably around 17, 18, 19. Okay. It, it, it's not, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still, I still think it's interesting, but now it's just, too much of it. Like when I, when I was a kid and I watched it, like the storylines developed slowly and stuff. Then all of a sudden it got like every week, like there was something that was supposed to be a big deal. And it was like, oh, this is just too much. I, the writers couldn't keep up. The writers yeah, when I was in a freshman in, in Albany State, uh, um, like a bunch of guys who I played Ultimate Frisbee with were like really into it. And they would watch it every week. And I think they were doing it ironically, I, you know, at that point they were like, oh, we got to watch this. And they were like saying all the, you know, like the Ric Flair thing, the woo or whatever it is, you know, um, but no, I, yeah. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, so it's, for me, it's been, you know, since the, back in the day. Oh yeah. I was just going to say any more housekeeping type stuff before we get to the, the hardcore topics. I think that's about, Oh, wait, oh, wait, wait. I had one more thing. Like, we got it, yo. Know, so, listeners need to go on uh, iTunes or wherever you're able to rate podcasts. I think iTunes is like the main place. So, you give us a five star review. For every five star review, we'll, we'll read the best ones on the podcast. So, get out there and get up you know, one, two, three, four, five stars. Yeah. And don't, don't just leave us a five star review. Add us to your feed. So, that way, as soon as it pops, it's available and stop whatever you're doing. Listen to the podcast <laughs> and better yet, grab, grab like whoever you're living with, grab their phone and just add it to their feed. And if you don't know which podcast app they use, just ask them, say, look, I'm doing you a favor. I know of this great podcast, going to add it to your There you go. Help us out. That's and yeah, last 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 week we had our first advertisement, apples and oranges and crepes. I heard back from the marketing director. Our ad was so effective that they're not going to be advertised with us for a while because they sold all of their apples and oranges and crepes. So if anyone else is looking to add to do an ad with us, just let us know. I'm, we're quite the salespeople. Yeah, I mean that's good to hear. Um, that we were so effective, but I think we kind of were too effective. Yeah, too effective. But yeah, yeah. so um, but yeah, Omar's uh, live reads are thing of things of legend at this point. So hit us up on the the mailbag. So why don't why don't we go to our quotes of the week? Okay, yeah, let's do it. Uh, you, let's, let's start with yours. Um, I, I saw it. You sent, sent it to me, but can you read it out and re remind me who it's from? Sure. So this is from a random, I shouldn't say random, from a high school football coach. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Northwest Indiana. If I'm getting that wrong, I'm sorry. He goes by Coach Reed on Twitter. An OG told me once, never fight a battle that doesn't win you anything. Yeah. So I saw that, and I I thought that 
um, well, how, how did you find out about this coach from the high school coach from Indiana? Is he well known? How do you come across something? I, you know, I never heard of him before. Somebody I followed, someone I follow on Twitter, uh, quoted. I forget what it's called on Twitter, but quoted it. So some NBA trainer who trained with Joel Embiid and Markel Fultz. I think that's why I started following this guy. Uh-huh. Because he was the, the guy who was supposed to fix Markel Fultz's jump shot. Didn't. Long, sad story. But anyways, so yeah, so this just came on my Twitter feed. And it seemed yeah. like a really cool quote. Yeah, so I like it. I um, and, and I guess I'm going to mince words here. So the the word the, the confusing word in this um, is uh, the word doesn't because he's saying never fight a battle that doesn't win you anything, and so I think the sentiment is don't fight a battle because sometimes you engage in conflict that really has no potential for fruit for you. So why pursue that kind of that effort? But the word doesn't is kind of ambiguous because it makes it sound like well, never fight a battle unless you know you can win. So there seems to be two interpretations there. So it, 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 if he means the prior, he should say, um, you know, never fight a battle that you can't, it can't win you anything. And if he means the, the latter, then, then I don't know if I agree with that because I think you should fight battles that you don't know if you should win. So what was your interpretation of it? Oh, my, my interpretation was that he was saying don't don't fight a battle unless you know what you're fighting for like unless okay. it's it, unless it's in the service of accomplishing something you want to accomplish that yeah that was the way i took it like you know if you're just in an argument with someone and it's not going to get you anything or if you're you know you're in a conflict you're trying you're trying to get something that isn't actually going to do you any good you know think think you know, think about a better, more productive use of your energy. Yeah, I'm all for that. Um, I don't know if I have anything else. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Don't, you know, uh, you have precious time and energy, so try to devote it to things that can be fruitful. Yep. So I'm on, I'm on board. Cool. And you also had a quote. Yeah, so this is not like a deep thinking quote by any means, um, but I heard this being used, obviously, I, I don't know, I heard it on the news or something, and this has relevance to, you know, what's going on now um, from Yogi Berra. It's tough to make predictions, especially about the future. So obviously, you know, kind of tongue in cheek um, and, and, you know, makes sense. I don't know if you have any reaction to it, but that was like the point wasn't like to me, like, oh, this has got a lot of deep thought to it. Well, I guess my instantaneous gut thought was like, of course, you know, it's kind of like an obvious statement. But then I was thinking, like, well, what would you make a prediction about that doesn't have to do with the future? I guess you could make a prediction about the present happening somewhere else that you're not aware of and i, I know, don't th i don't think that would be a prediction then it wouldn't be a prediction like if there's something if you're like i wonder what's happening right now on the other side of the world not if, that if, still, still no. be a prediction 
No, I think that that would, I don't think that that would be a prediction. I think a prediction is, I don't know, we'd have to look at the, uh, um, the meaning and the, the, what pre and diction means, but my, the pre, uh, leads me to believe that it's before it happens. So, um, I guess, um, something that's happening that you don't know about that's happening currently or even happened in the past would be something more like a assumption or um, a hypothesis, perhaps. Like if you said, oh, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, uh, it's, it's raining in Philadelphia and I therefore assume that in Camden, which is right across the bridge, it's also raining. So that would not be, if that's happening in current time, it wouldn't be a prediction. It would be just a hypothesis. Like a prognosis. Yeah, because you're basing, if it's happening currently or in the past, you're basing it on on evidence. Um, but a prediction, I mean, obviously, both are based on evidence. So I don't yeah. know. I think the prediction, I'm looking at prediction, a thing predicted a forecast. Um, so I think the, the fundamental thing of a prediction is that it has to be in the, in in the future. So I think that the, the point of the quote is um, it's it you know it's fundamentally humorous because it's basically a truism that well it's hard to make predictions especially in the future because those are the only kind of that's by definition it's circular it's a, pre, a prediction is about the future but I think the sentiment is that um, you know we can we can't we can't be obsessed with trying to predict the future because it's it's very very difficult. That that wasn't my point. My point, or not not my point. That was not my my intention of the quote. Was like, like like I always hear Yogi Berra and people like that being quoted, and I'm like, there like some people in like history like seem to have so many quotes associated with them, and like like where are they just coming up with these things off the cuff, like in an interview, or are they? sitting and thinking like well what's this like witty thing i can say i don't know it just seems very unnatural and like where where where's yogi bear where are all these yoga bear yogi bear quotes coming my i feel like this one could be one that's just off the cuff like i could picture a reporter asking him what he thinks is going to happen and he just yeah this doesn't seem like it it required that much forethought and that seems like, but a lot. I'm, maybe I'm just obsessing about Yogi Berra quotes. I'm going to have to read more about them. But like, maybe some people are just like they're really good at like those kind of like witty, soundbitey kind of things, and they just catch on and they just talk that way. And that what that's what like because we we care about Yogi Berra. I feel like we care a lot more. That, like, was Yogi Berra that good of a catcher for the Yankees? Like, I, I don't know, like old school baseball that well, but like. Do, do we care about it more because of these things? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I do think with professional athletes, their persona, their, their persona can influence how they're remembered and their standing in culture. Yeah. Not, ju not just how good they were. So yeah, I could see Yogi Berra having great quotes as sort of lifting his stature. Yeah, I feel like we care more about his um, his quotes than his 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 baseball at this point, which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, one of the other uh, 
topic. I'm just looking at Yogi Bear's stats now, and I'm just seeing what his all. I was trying to find his all time. Um, uh, I guess the, the stats. Sure, I could find it if I look back, but um, I was curious, like if his all time hits are. Oh wait, here it is. Twenty uh, two thousand one hundred fifty. So he was a good hitter. All right, so three hundred fifty eight home runs back for a catcher. So all right, well he's a bit both, but. We'll remember him for, for, for his quotes. I hope. What do you, off uh, the top of your head, do you remember any of his other quotes? <laughs> no, but but I feel like there's always quotes like being like associated with him. And it's like, know, this dude seems to just kick out all right, here's I just Googled it quick. Like, it ain't over till it's over. I don't know if he's the first guy that said that. I think so, but it's like deja vu all this is this sounds questionable i'm going i was just looking at a google search and i feel like that's kind of questionable so i'm looking at usa today so all right so so when you come to a fork in the road take it so maybe this is like his thing it's like well that's kind of dumb and funny um you can observe a lot by just watching um it ain't over till it's over it's like deja vu all over again no one goes Hmm. there nowadays it's it's crowded um so I think he just seems to have this um, something about just like a circular truism that he thinks is like is like funny. With nickel ain't worth a dime anymore. Um, we made too many wrong mistakes. Like so, he basically just takes two true things and combines them together, and then it's like it's kind of funny and true. Maybe he did. Now, now I'm starting to change my opinion. Maybe he had like a really good public. Like this is how we're gonna make you a cultural icon we're gonna take i bet you all these originate from like chinese wisdom or japanese wisdom and they're like we're just got no one's gonna know we're just gonna change them a little bit I, yeah yeah let me give me a couple give me a couple more you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have won if we hit we'd beaten you i usually take a two-hour nap from one to four <laughs> i never answer an anonymous letter um how can you think and hit at the same. I don't know. That's not very good. The future ain't what it used to be. That's a original with him, but that's you can't hit and think at the same time. as actually. I kind of like that one actually because it, it it sort of just it sort of brings up the point that you have to know what you're doing before you do it, and if you're distracted, because baseballs come. You know, someone's throwing a ninety mile an hour baseball at you you have to just react you can't be thinking about it i kind of like that well there's this one the future ain't what it used to be which is again it's like basically it's i'm I'm trying to think of like the 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 logical term for it it's just a truism i think um but that's that's weird because that is a the title of a doors like b-sides album in their box set. And I'm like, did the doors like pick that up from Yogi Bear? Anyway, anyway, this Yogi Bear is a hoop. For another episode, we'll get to the bottom. We'll get to the bottom of where these quotes came from. Yeah. Speaking of quotes, our last album, sorry, our last segment of the day is an album review slash career retrospective of Hamilton Lighthouser, his new album, The Loves of Your Life. Let's kick it off with the song Whack Jack. Kids are scratching. 
Just yeah. came out. Just came out on Friday. Uh, do you want to give a little bit of history about him? So he was the lead singer of the band The Walkman. You know, kind of popular indie band in the early 2000s, and now they're he's really this is I believe it's this is his third solo album, and I don't know I liked it at first. I liked it a little bit less when I listened to it with headphones on today. There's some cool solos. I think it's cool on the album that different instruments take turns having the highest mix. Some 1920s style crooning. So this is his third solo album. And definitely a lot of interesting stuff going on with the album. Some good beats. A lot of time signature changes, different instruments take turns having the lead part, like there's some cool keyboard solos, there's also some good background horns, not a, not a ton of guitar solos, but there's some cool acoustic guitar strumming here and there. This is a weird album because I liked it better when I was doing other stuff than when I just had headphones on and was just listening to it. I felt like for that experience, a little bit too easygoing, a little bit too much of a chill out vibe. Mm. You know, some a lot of changing dynamics, which is cool, but sometimes it was used to save a song that maybe wasn't that good to begin with. So yeah. I'd actually I'd actually say I liked his first two solo albums better. Black Hours and uh, I Had a Dream You Were Mine, they were both Darker albums had a lot, little bit more tension in the music, but I still like this album. I thought it was good. Out. Let's take a listen to the song "Whack Jack." That crooked voice came creaking now through the frosted glass of a cocktail lounge. When I love your voice, full of salt and oil. What did you think about it? Uh, yeah, so um, I don't know. I guess I, I, I don't know how to think about the Walkman sometimes. And I, I'm going to lump him in with because he's like, you know, the lead singer of the Walkman. And I don't find his al solo albums to be so drastically different that I they really separate in my mind. Um, and the thing about the Walkman is that there's a, a bit of a sameness to their stuff. I, and I, this is for a band I really do like quite a bit. Um, but uh, they, they have a bit of a, a bit of sameness. And so I, I didn't, I didn't pick up on many things that, you know, the things you found were like, Oh, this is like interesting. I, I, didn't, I didn't, probably didn't spend as much time with you with it as, as you did. Um, that said, I, you know, 
just like most Walkin' albums, um, I found it enjoyable and um, a bit more like, you know, I typically put the Walkman on, especially their later stuff is more background mood setting music than something is like central focus. Um, I, I still, you know, until I listen more, you know, to be determined, I would say I, I like this previous album more that was made with the guy from Vampire Weekend because I thought he brought to the table a lot more variation and song styles, structure and and production like types. So, um, you know, if I would position it next to his other solo albums, I'd say, you know, I'd like the other one previously a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd say, yeah, I had I had a dream you were, you were mine. If you're looking for a recommendation, something to listen to, I would listen to that album if you haven't already. It's a really good album. Uh, what Between all the Walkman albums and all of his solo albums, uh, which is your favorite? Um, I would say the two would be Bows and Arrows and then what was the other one? You and I or Yeah, um, I think Yeah, Bows and Arrows, which is like, you know, I think came out mid two thousands. I consider it kind of a classic two thousands indie rock album and um the rat would be I don't know, I think a very, you know, top ten almost like you're thinking about the top ten indie songs of the two thousands um that could be right in there it's just pretty much a perfect song and sounds of that era but like really crushes it um we could play that one as well where we'll put that on the, on the end of the end of the the podcast um so those two are the ones that stick out to me and that's the thing is like i, I don't know that the other albums aren't as good they didn't just you know i haven't listened to maybe one or two of them and the other and ones just didn't click with me. What about you? I'd probably say the first Walkman album, Everyone Who Pretends to Like Me, is gone. Uh, it has, I don't know, the most distortion, the most clanky, but it just sort of has like, it just has like that cool kind of vibe to it where it, it doesn't feel too produced. It feels kind of, you, you kind of feel like you're in a smoke-filled bar listening to it. Yeah. But yeah, I like I like the ones you mentioned, and uh, also his second, I guess not solo album, the album he did with Rostam, I Had a Dream You Were Mine, which came out, I think, th about three years ago. It was also really, really good. Yeah, and I, so I was thinking about the, the Walkman, and like, I, I almost want to put them in, like, are they a good band or a great band? category and um you know like they have enough albums that are really good that they are really good that they could almost be a great band because they're so consistent but they're almost so consistent that i kind of am a little bit bored with them that i don't need to like i don't feel like i need to explore each album because it's like oh this sounds kind of like the last one uh, i don't know if you're you know if, if you'd consider them a great band or a good band i put them in the good band category i really you know the first two albums i would say were excellent uh 
who we mentioned, everyone who pretends to like me is gone, and bows and arrows. Then after that, I think, yeah, it gets a little repetitive. It gets a little too clean, sort of. And like, there's there's good songs, but they just kind of seem formulaic, and nothing really like jumps out and stands out. And that's actually kind of what I like about his his solo album since. The Walkman disbanded. You know, there is a little bit more of disjointed. You know, the songs are a little bit more disjointed where it doesn't just seem like the flow is just so smooth from track to track, which I like. Yeah, I think that that's, that's the thing I was thinking about in the great, good band, great band. is like great bands have a degree of consistency that they have. Like, you know, you know the band as soon as you hear them. But not so much consistency that, you know, like there's kind of like is monotonous or uh, redundant. That's like a, like I think a tricky thing um, for like for bands to, to to navigate to like retain their sound but still evolve even within an album and from album to album. Like I think of a, a band like you know, um, oh, like Band of Horses or who's the other one I'm thinking of from. The Northwest. I don't know. So just like there's a lot of bands out there that get the consistency thing, but then can't move on after. Like and then by the third album, it's like I don't get it. You know, yeah. for for a variety of reasons. I mean, um, you know, the production is just very so much the same. Oh, the thing that you know, I would say that keeps me from thinking is a a, a greater band is, just, you know, I think Hamilton. Uh, Lighthouser, is that how you say it, or Lifehouser? I'm not sure. I've only seen it in yeah. print, but... Yeah, so, like, he's amazing as a singer. Um, and I think that comes through more when you see him live. On the albums, it's kind of, like, a little samey sounding. Um, but, uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I mean, he's really good at screaming, and sometimes it's, like, maybe do a little bit more of that. Oh, yeah, it was, like, He's for like a, an entire album. It almost feels like he's coming from the because of the emphasis or whatever, like the level of singing he's doing. Um, it seems like he's coming from almost the same emotional spot throughout the album, and it feels like very much the same. And whereas, like when you see him live, I feel like you pick up more on the variations. And I've I, I see I saw the band live in like 2007. And it was, um, you know, me and my brother walked away from that show being like, whoa, that guy is like the modern day, I don't know what, like a mixture of like James, not James Brown, but like somebody who can scream really well, like Otis Redding and, and like, and, and Mick Jagger with a indie rock vibe or something. Like we were blown away and I've seen him since then. And he was, he's always been great. So I think he's even better live but sometimes it's like not that thrilling on, on record. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. There's, uh, should we go to our last topic? Sure. Cool, cool. And let us know, we're thinking about maybe doing a album or movie of, of the week review or maybe this type of band career retrospective. Let, let us know. What you think at the uh, mailbag? What's the mailbag address again? Plastic cup 
inside paper cups at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah. Let us let, let us know what you think. And don't forget to send us your questions. Uh, so our last topic of the day is assuming shaking hands is no longer a cultural norm. Have we lost anything? And what could we possibly replace it with? So um, should I start this off? Yeah, go ahead. So I, I'm not necessarily, I don't know. I, I, I like I like your hypothesis, but, or is it a hypothesis or a, is that the I right word? I think it's both. I think it's a prediction or um, it's a, yeah, so, but I, I just want, I don't know that, that we're actually at that kind of point, right? So, like, and I'm, so I'm going to question the hypothesis, even though that may not be the purpose of this, but, like, I don't think we're going to be forever not having to shake hands, um, so I'm not super worried about that, and it might be a little while before that becomes the norm again, but I don't, you know, there's been, this has been very unpredictable in some ways um, and very disruptive, but there's been a lot of pandemics in the past and we've been shaking hands throughout histories, as far as I know. So, and there's probably been times where it became less, you know, less of a good idea to do so. So I'm not necessarily sold on the idea like it's going away forever. I do like it though. In some scenarios, it's like, it's a really good, I don't know. Something about it is just like a it's an I don't know like an acknowledgement of trust and intimacy that's like it's that you interject into like these new experiences like these new interactions with people so yeah it has some value to it and so um, what so to, to actually get to your hypothetical um, what could it be replaced with? Um, I don't know. I'm sure, like, I guess we can wink at each other. I don't know. We'll figure out something. Um, is that a good answer? I mean, I wasn't thinking of a wink, so that, that's a good answer. Uh, what about, like, a bow? Wouldn't that, accomplish well, the, wouldn't that accomplish the same thing as a handshake, just without touching? Um. Yeah, so like, like no, no, because you're not touching. So if, if if touching is the thing you like about a handshake, and you can feel, like you you can feel, you know, like, um, uh, the like you can. So feel you like what that the feeling? Feels like. Um, I actually like handshakes more than I like hugs. I think hugs are mostly um, unnecessarily, and I would be fine with doing less hugging and all that. You know, it's fine, like, hug your, your parents and your, your, your family, and if you haven't seen somebody in a long time. But, like, I'm not a big fan of, like, hugging people on the regular that I see, like, week to week and or people that I don't really know that well. Like, I don't need to hug somebody I just met, like, at the beginning of the party. Like, I'm sorry, I don't really, <laughs> I don't feel like it's hug-worthy. So I'm fine with getting rid of the hug. And that's, you know, a hug is way more dangerous because you're putting your face and your breath closer together the, the handshake's not really a big deal because it's not like that's the only thing you're touching that day it's you're touching the door handle you're touching your laptop you're touching you go into a conference room 
you know, you go all around, just then you got to know not to touch your face. So I think it's, I don't think a handshake is going to remediate anything because that that's this false sense of like, oh, the only time I get germs is when I touch somebody's hand. Your hand is just as dirty as their hand. So like, it's not like you're getting many more germs. It's not like, you know, because they've touched some other shit in the, in the office or in the public place that you're at. So what are you going to, you can't like every surface you're touching surfaces and doors and all of that. So I don't know. I'm not too worried about handshakes. Okay. Let me throw one other replacement. Uh, yeah. Instead of doing a handshake, you do a dab. What's that? A dab, like that dance move that all the kids do. Um, we all just do like uh, a mini I, I, dance move that is shaking hands. I I would <laughs> I would prefer to do. Um, so I'm going to rank them. I'm going to say um, the bow. So so I'm going to say stick with a handshake. In a couple months, you'll be fine. Um, unless you're like I don't know, maybe I don't want to be too cavalier. So like several months to maybe a year afterwards, we're great. We're going to be fine shaking hands. Now, so handshake, if we can maintain it within a safe reason, we have to, is number one. We have to throw that out. Number two would be the bow, because I think that that is, it's not a direct replacement, but it enters in actually a new, you know, like, you know, Asian cultures use that. Um, enters in kind of this new element of like respect to your engagement with somebody that's not, you know, where a handshake is kind of like this, like who's the who's the tough guy? We're gonna shake each other's hand and squeeze. Um, so a, a bow is maybe a little bit more of a respectful thing. So while you lose the intimacy, you maybe gain something from it. So that'd be that'd be my number one if we're throwing out the handshake. Number two, wink, and then number three, dab. I'm not dabbing. <laughs> what about the elbow thing? That's gotta be four, right? That I hate. That looks so stupid. That's like yeah. That's like. Uh, um, like a penguin kind of rubbing up against another penguin. There's yeah. something really, really sad about that. Um, trying to think of some other um, fist bump. A fist bump doesn't really accomplish much more than if you're talking about preventative measures of transference. I don't think a, a fist bump does a lot better than a handshake. No, I don't think But you know what I mean? Like, it, if you think that, like, shaking, I don't know. I think we just got to stop t- touching our own faces. Like, and I, I'm guilty of it, too. Like, I'll bite my fingernails. Um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I used... <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm good at, once I realize I'm touching, I'll realize I'm touching my face and then stop it. But I'm not that great at not touching my face in the first place. I think I've gotten pretty good. Because I think I was really bad at it. That like I think I've, I think I've improved a lot, um, at not touching my face. You know, like I leave the house, I think I don't touch my face at all now. Like I wash my hands when I get home, and then I touch. I used to go nuts, touch my face like crazy. <laughs> Once you wash your hands. Yeah, I wash yeah. them like crazy, and then I'm like, ah, oh, get on, it man. out of your system. Uh, yeah. So I think it's just getting better at that. I was talking with my dad about this that he thinks that men touch their face more he's like you ever notice even before like people are just like you know they're touching they're scratching their face or they're, they're rubbing their nose or 
they were scratching their beard and all this. And then he, and I was like, oh, I didn't know that men did that more. And, and he's like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, well, maybe it's because like women often have makeup on. If so, if you're, you're, you're fiddling with your eyebrows and your eyes and your lips, then you'd be messing up your makeup. So I think women are better at not touching their face, but we'll put a poll up, up on the, uh, on, on the Instagram to find out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we got anything else for today? Or? Uh, um, I don't think so. I mean, typically we talk about at the end, you know, how things are going, you know, what's our, yeah, I don't know, preparedness levels, the right word, what we've been up to. Um, have you been, um, sounds like you're reading a journal right now. Are you, are you journaling still? No, no, just, yes, I am still journaling. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's necessarily increased since the pandemic started, but yeah, still, still journaling, still, you know, a little bit more time in my day. So, you know, a little bit more time to read, play guitar, that type of thing. Uh, watching some TV, but yeah, not nothing too, nothing too different from what I was doing before. How about you? Uh, yeah, I've been trying to play uh, the guitar more. Um, working on some stuff. Uh, like I said, I bought a new audio interface, but uh, need to find a good place to get set up in the house. We're thinking about. Um, well, I think we decided. To get rid of the like in our spare room, get rid of the junky futon that we had, so we can make some room for me to set up my my uh, recording corner. Um, so if anybody's looking for a futon, we're giving that away. Um, but yeah, no, but seriously, yeah, I've been trying to play more music and um, set some, you know, it's like a demo track around to some of the dudes I used to play in a band with, and um, that's another good thing about you know uh, the the technology we have today. Like I sent it to you know, three other people and within 24 hours, somebody else had recorded bass line and keyboards and then the next 24 hours, somebody recorded drums. And so like all of a sudden I have like a, a band level song uh, um, that we put together remotely. So that's like, that's totally, you know, an amazing thing to be able to do. So yeah, that, that, that should be fun. So trying to keep, keep myself busy with that stuff. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, with that, we call it a night. Yes, sounds good. But thanks All for right. listening, everybody. And thanks, we'll thanks see for you listening to Paper Cups. No, Plastic Cups inside of Paper Cups inside Plastic Cups. Plastic Cups. Great. Boom. Ooh. Later.